Hey everybody, welcome to Roosters on Old Tangy Road, River Road? River Road. River Road in Sorry. Columbus. Uh, I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This is Letterman Live. I'm actually here today taking Austin Ward spot, who's on a little mini vacation. I'm joined by Anthony Schlegel, Doug Worthington, quarterback Justin Zwick down there. Um, guys, it's Letterman Live, Live, but we need to dive into this first and foremost and say by the time this airs, everything we talk about could be completely <laughs> moot, right? Right. 100%. Uh, so let's kind of hope that that's the case because otherwise it's going to be just another show about ripping on the Big Ten and its complete uh, lack of leadership and mm-hmm. what it has done to Ohio State football in the last month and a half. But specifically in the last four days, we've seen an All-American guard and a top 10 pick in the NFL draft uh, declare that he's not going to play this season for the Buckeyes, even if they do play. Monday morning, we saw a top 10 pick in the NFL draft and an All-American cornerback for Ohio State make the same decision. If you guys were in Sean Wade's shoes or Wyatt Davis's shoes, how long would you have waited to make that decision? I think it uh, solely comes down to you know what their their harsh decision was. Um, this is a, a very very different season, a very very different time in the world, and the simple fact is there's so much uncertainty that they needed to at least put all their chips in their baskets. The way that it was handled from the Big Ten, the leadership, they didn't give them a lot of just you know answers. They haven't gave them a, the, the, a vote. There's a lot of things these kids was waiting for that they didn't get, and they had to make sure that they put their their family and their best interests at hand. And I was, you know, continue their 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 career in the next leagues. I mean, it's um it's sad, but you know, I can definitely appreciate yeah. where they came from. I can I can understand it. I I, I kind of don't understand it in a way though, because it's just like this whole time we have had no idea what was going to happen. But then it just kind of started coming out Friday or Saturday that. You know, this might this might be looking like we're going to start in October. We might have a season. We might be in for the you know the, the playoff. Yeah. And then for it to just you know have Sean Wade come out who came back, right? right? I mean, he came back wanting to play corner, wanting to you know up his stock for the NFL draft. And then over the weekend, you hear you know more than likely we're going to have this season. I mean, it's all sources and all whatever because right. the Big Ten of who course knows? says nothing. Who knows? Yes. Yeah, so, so who does know? But I think I would have waited until there wasn't a final decision, you know, from the Big Ten or from from Ohio State or whoever um, before I would have made that decision. But I understand it because they're just going to say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm going to go get an agent. I'm going to go start working out. And I'm going to just, you know, try and take care of my family that way. My question is, if they sign with an agent but don't take any money, can they come back and play? That's apparently the gray area that yeah. some conversations are being had about whether or not they can. Now, the other question is whether or not they have officially signed mm-hmm. with an agent or not. If they've taken money, can they give it back? Have, if it, well, I mean, there's all these, usually handles those things really yeah. well. So, I mean, you got to imagine they're going to let these kids uh, come back. If they right. With to. everything else, the yeah. NCAA, I mean, all that we heard from Wyatt Davis on Friday, everything we heard from Sean Wade uh, Monday morning. It's about lack of clarity. There was no idea what was happening. And that's the same thing we've been hearing from Ohio State sources and all around the league for the last six weeks. Nobody has any idea. Here we are Monday afternoon. It's you know one one fifteen. We're still waiting for a vote. Mm-hmm. By the time this airs, it could be, as I said, moot, right? But if you're talking about Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis, the story needs to be that those kids actually, they opted in. Yeah, you know for mean? sure. Okay, they could have gone... Yeah to the NFL last year. Those right. dudes could have been playing their first NFL game yesterday. Yep. They decided to come back to Ohio State to win a national championship. And I know that the timing feels weird, but isn't it just the league that failed them? Yeah, yeah. the lack the lack of communication, the lack of transparency. I mean, Sean Wade's dad obviously was there for all the rallies. And really, I thought, I, I truly believe the amount of 
pressure that the parents and the players and the coaches have put on this really ramped this up because at the end of the day they just they, they didn't want to play they had no they had no contingency plans we we saw that it's very very evident the fact that you didn't have any type of protocols best practices being delivered to the entire you know the all the schools in the big 10 then you shut it down within five days of giving out or putting out a schedule, schedule to you know what type of information we don't know whether whether there is a study about myocarditis and we actually had dr kurt daniels who did the study here at ohio state on on the morning juice this morning and it's amazing how the media and people that want to push that fear of myocarditis completely took his study and took it out of context. And they were they were publishing photos and they were publishing the fact that, oh, you know, 15% four athletes out of the small subgroup, 26 athletes, had myocarditis or signs of it. His entire study, along with Dr. Borchers, who was on that study with him and a, a bunch of other faculty at Ohio State, was to show the validity of CMR, which is basically an MRI of the heart, as a way of utilizing that tool into return to play protocol. That was the entire study. Mm-hmm. We've already known about myocarditis. So everybody was taking that study and blowing it and, and misusing it out of context. So these guys are trying to be forward thinkers and saying, right. here's things that you could do to return to play to have a, to have a safe season. And so obviously the Big Ten didn't do that. That wasn't part of their five-day plan to then cancel. And then now you see the consequences of their lack of leadership and lack of planning prior to the release of schedule is now it's over a month to where we had no dialogue whatsoever, no kind of communication. And that's very evident for the fact that you have all these coaches that get on a conference call with the commissioner that then leave that meeting and then go on social media and say, we still have no information whatsoever to give to our students and their parents. Like that's where we are right now. And we have 35 different subcommittees to go out there and figure this out. But yet, Nothing has been done. So for these guys who, like you said, and I agree with you, the story is they opted in to come back. Mm -hmm. They have enough film. Could it directly have impacted Sean Wade to potentially be a top pick, right? A top three pick like Jeff Okuda was last year. You got two quarterbacks and then him. Yes. But if you're still going to be that top guy in the draft, what does it do for me to Doug's point of having to come back and potentially get hurt while we're practicing, while we're waiting for something else to happen? Here's a question. And you guys both played in the league. Do you think GMs or anybody else – I mean, I guess one GM has come out and kind of said something along this line, but how do those guys look – how do the players in the locker room in the NFL look at guys who maybe they see – Opting out of a college football season. I mean, like the a potential. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, they're just MVPs, they're they're, they're giving up on their team in college. Man, or, look, you know, do you think that look at, goes look over at, at all when they're coming look to look at, at drafting these guys? Look at the guy at Carolina. I mean, he he was at Sanford, um, McCaffrey, mm-hmm. and now he's having yeah. unbelievable success. Um, it is a business. You now know, that's game, one game as opposed to a full season, right? I mean, yeah, that's very true as well. But you know, it's business, and we've seen far as the lack of leadership. We they can point the fingers at those guys. Yeah. They left me in limbo. I'm over here training. I'm over here doing everything I'm supposed to do. Your guys are not giving me or my family any mm-hmm. information. I'm cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my next steps and my talents to where I'm already gonna okay. eventually be. He said it. They have the film. They have all their credentials. And then when you look on Sundays, because that's the only football that a lot of us are watching, all those Ohio State guys are producing. So the product is <laughs> in the true. pudding. They, His they stock is rising <laughs> off the fact that Wade, uh, that Lattimore was balling last night and, and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Mm-hmm. The pedigree is true. And what, what he's going to be able to do is set himself up for success when the combine comes and also those other new bubbles and new um, things that's coming, up, coming um, in, in, in the spring. 
the thing is, is and, I, and I can't wait to play it back later on, but it's the end of college football as we know yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I feel fine. Yeah. Like we don't we don't need the Big Ten, right? We, we're making that evident. The NCAA is, is falling on its face. There, there's, there's this, this pain and this, this things that we're going through right now is showing you how the, the universe kind of cleanses itself, and we're just kind of seeing that these guys, these players, these, these, these coaches even are, are getting behind the brand and the students and what really pushes the things forward. The city of Columbus, everybody is being affected, and I just think like it's just some remarkable things that we're gonna like later on look back like wow, that was kind of the start of it. Yeah. To, to- Justin's question too. I would say this can, would be considered like uh, Alvin Kamara talking about his contract, right? He doesn't want to necessarily hold out. Mm-hmm. The guys don't ever talk about people's money when it comes to the league, and nobody's really going to care that they opted out of their season because, again, they understand that it's a business. But when they look at this kind of crazy year that is 2020 and COVID, they're going to say you did the very best thing. Now the question would be: We heard about the GM from the Steelers, and they might not have that luxury of a pick, and they want to go look at somebody to see how they developed during this time. Because the question for Sean would be, can it be a lockdown corner in order to jump that? If not, then he's ran. It's a risk analysis, right? Like, what is my risk if I stay and I play? All right, I move up from 10 to 20 into the top three. Yes, that's 100% millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, is it worth the risk? And is it worth me hanging around and potentially play eight games and go? But yet, we still haven't heard anything. So now yeah. I'm continuing to go out there and practice when then I could potentially get myself hurt in a one-on-one drill or whatever, and I'm taking that risk. So if they're basically... I wish they had an opportunity yeah. to have the risk analysis, understanding that we were going to play or we were not going to play, and when that date was, and it was very definitive. But the answer is... We've been keeping these kids in limbo for so long, and the fact that they opted in is really the true story. Yeah, the bottom line is that people are going to question the timing because we are waiting for the Big Ten to vote, and we do believe that it's it's turning toward a potential return to play uh, possibly as soon as October 17th. But the story here is that the Big Ten failed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, these kids made that decision to come back. And it, here we are, it's September 14th. I mean, they've still been waiting for another for Over the last month. six weeks. Over a month. And, mm-hmm. and to, to say we've got to this point without any sort of actual instruction or direction um, is, a, is an indictment on the league in general. And to Doug's point, I think it shows like college football is not going to be the same. And uh, aside from the name, image, likeness stuff that's going to come down the pike here shortly, we're heading towards that world of like super conferences, right? Like the four 16 team leagues. I mean, you can see even Dan Patrick this morning is talking about Michigan and Michigan State not playing, even if they do return. Wow. Like, how does I don't know that that's true. I, I don't believe it. It is. But how, how do you think that the league changes if Michigan, if the Big Ten is playing and Michigan is not? <clears throat> so I, don't know that, Bucks, I don't know that it does change when you think about the last. Ten years? I mean, what, what's Michigan? What have they done as far as the Big Ten's concerned? You know, I mean, since Tress came here, for the most part, they beat Ohio State what twice, and they haven't been in the running for a playoff. They haven't been running, you know, for the Big Ten championship. They don't play. I think that just might be the death of their program, and it just might go on as whatever. I mean, Ohio State's still going to be the cream of the crop in this area, and yeah. the, the recruits are still going to come here, and it's going to make it even worse. To your point, I think it would definitely be a, a black eye on that particular state, um, one which I don't mind having. But the season <laughs> the season 
will be different. You yeah. know, the, the fact of the matter, they had that Michigan game in the middle of the season, and some people are trying to tell us that it was just in case things happened and they couldn't play, that they still get to play that game. But it still didn't feel right. right. You know, now it's, you know, after Thanksgiving, it's one of those things that we all huddle when we get together for. It is a big deal. So the season will suck. Hearing those headlines kind of disturb me. Yeah, I mean, at least they, everybody has the option to play, which mm-hmm. is to yeah, me, because, I mean, if you don't want to do it, that's on you. Right. And I would think, too, Here's the other thing. We even heard the uh, the Michigan president talk about how the athletic program is the front porch to the house, which is the university. And then I, I actually called the um, the uh, chief brain officer for Carhartt because I, I wanted to know, like, do you ever research the the value of brand ambassadors and the amount of revenue that they bring in? And if you really think about this, you guys know from being a social platform covering the Buckeyes, it's all about positive impressions. And so tell me. Name somebody out there that has more positive impressions than Justin Fields or Ryan Day right now of the Ohio State. And when they come out and they fight for their school and players fight for each other and parents fight for their kids and the university fights for their athletic program, guess what? That's positive images and impressions upon people that potentially want to go here. Matter of fact, seven years ago, there was the uh, president of Alabama talking about how Nick Saban's hire, and at that time he was making like $6 million, was the the best investment Alabama has ever done for their program because it increased revenue for you know um, tuition and their med center. That's what our business here at Ohio State, $7.5 billion, it's made off of tuition and the med center. Right. Not necessarily football, but football is the brand ambassador to everything that is Ohio State in our community. Right. Enrollment, all those things yeah. go crazy when the football program is, is successful. And so if Michigan don't want to do that, guess what? You know, <laughs> Go Bucks. <laughs> Let's turn the let's turn it a little bit here, okay? We're talking about you know the the value of Ohio State cornerbacks, and we watch it all day on Sunday. I'm just going to eat these you, two mac and cheese bites right in front of your face at the same time. Keep going. I'm not afraid of you. Uh, we can have a mac and cheese <laughs> contest whenever off. you want. After we this. can go, we can go there whenever you want. <laughs> what do the Buckeyes do? Uh, you have Sean Wade, who is now potentially the third player, uh, third cornerback in this group that's going to be a first round pick for, with uh, Okuda and Damon Arnett. You're replacing three first-round cornerbacks with seven banks and Cam Brown, and then what? You know, I mean, as a football player, how much time do these guys need? How much? How hurt are Cam Brown and seven banks and these other defensive backs going to be if the Buckeyes are playing next month and they haven't had the spring to go through and, and get ready? They haven't had fall camp. How how big of a loss is it on a football team to, to lose the one piece that you kind of – counted on all along i think everybody has to deal with it right now right so it's one of those things if it was just ohio state and it wasn't the other competitors in the big 10 maybe it could be different but as, as you see those crazy highlight films that ohio state puts out you see zone six versus bia and how the competitive levels and juices that they're having at practice and how they're competing those guys are are doing and, and, and challenging each other more than they're going to get on the field uh until the playoffs so at the end of the day like right now you know, the, the workouts they're doing and the time they have together um, is still very valuable. And, and everybody is kind of where they are as far as not having that type of practice and experience. So I think it bodes better for us. Yeah, and and I would be worried if it weren't for the fact that every year we lose one or two DBs to the league and it seems to just be next man up. Next man up. Yeah, uh, Kerry you know, Combs, Kerry Combs yeah. has done this before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not the first time we're like, oh, gosh, what are we going to do here? It's just like we just have the horses to say, all right, Next guy's up, and it actually is probably a good thing that they didn't all summer long have to sit there and think about, man, I got to try and fill these shoes. 
it's, it could happen pretty quick. You know, Sean Wade goes down, all of a sudden these young guys are now the old guys in the room. They got to kind of make it happen and get it get it together. And I think it could really be, yeah, it's just going to give more people the opportunity to go out and show what they can do because we know that they're good athletes and they just were playing behind, you know, guys that have been here for a few years and, and we're really balling out. So It's why the competitive culture mm. or the competitive excellence of the culture that is Ohio State is super important. I mean, when you like Doug said, when you have – five-star wide receivers being coached by Brian Hartline, everything that they're doing, right, and potentially one of the best wide receivers in the country, and Chris Olave going against you in practice, doesn't matter what age, right? Coach is putting you in there to see how you're going to respond regardless of who you're playing, right? And so the receivers that they're playing against are going to be the best in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They're constantly going through that. They've seen Sean Wade, and it's not like he's leaving you know, the building. Yeah. You know, he could potentially be there. I remember when we left, yeah, James Laurinaitis stepped up in a game for Bobby Carpenter mm-hmm. that went down. He was a true freshman, but he did a phenomenal job. Why? Because Luke, Luke Fickle coached the absolute pee out of him. That's what's going to happen. Good thing is you got Kerry Combs. I know you see all these beats around here. That's okay. They don't scare me. Just don't drop dumps on my on my, on my uh, Italian sub there. But that being said, he, if there's one guy that can coach him up, it's going to be him. But yeah. they also understand the, uh, what those guys' weaknesses are, right? And Kerry being in the league and then it coming from Ohio State and along with Madison, they're going to understand how we got to protect those guys sometime. And it might be, you know what, we might play a little bit more zone as opposed to man. Right. You know, so they're going to put those guys in the best position possible. But at least the good thing is when you have these things where Sean's like, I'm out, you know, I'm opting out, right? Uh, I opted in, and now I'm opting out. It's the fact that they have time to game plan to the best defenses that are going to, you know, add value to their players. Yeah, and here's an interesting thing: like Ohio State, as you guys brought up, these cornerbacks, these guys who haven't had much game experience, are going against some of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Uh, and then you look around the league, and Rondale Moore has opted out. Uh, the guy in Minnesota whose name has escaped me is out. So those are two of the league's best receivers. If Michigan doesn't play, you have Nico Collins not there i mean maybe it doesn't really matter in this sort of season it's crazy to think about isn't it uh but because you really you you're playing here for ohio state your thought is you're you're playing to get to the playoff right Mm -hmm. so you have two months of of football games against maybe less talented opponents to prepare for clemson alabama it's like the the jv thing that we hear about in the spring almost and that's almost what it might feel like when we're going out and playing these guys which in a sad way, it was already kind of like that even in the years past when they are full strength. So I, I don't foresee any any issues with these young guys. Like you know, like Schlage said, they will mirror that defense to what they they think these guys are best at. They're not going to put them on an island and just expect them to be able to do do their job or do what these uh, older guys have done in the past. If that's not where they are yet, yeah. now they're going to get them there. But if they don't, if they have to play zone, they'll play zone, right? Yeah, they'll bring some more. You know, some more different kind of blitzes and just, do, you know, try and create some pressure that way. But they'll sit those guys back there. And- well, that, I mean, that's exactly what we did in 2005. People don't realize this, but we played 80% nickel. The reason we did that is because Bobby could rush the passer as a five technique. Yep. We had we had more depth at the linebacker and DB position than we truly did at the defensive line position. So they put Bobby on the outside. They kept myself and AJ on, but we also had Dante Widner who could play the nickel, play the star, and be very physical in the run. So why do you have to go to base when you got a really physical presence as a star and so they're gonna they're gonna maximize their assets and the skill sets of that potential team that season but that's why our coaches are the best in the country it's it's an interesting mix because what ohio state played last year was almost exclusively zone 
with Jeff Halfley, and it, it was a major change for Ohio State's secondary. Mm-hmm. And now you have Kerry Combs back, who's almost exclusively man. Mm-hmm. But that but, was a lot of that was because Urban liked to run man. Right, but if you are in a position now where you have guys that maybe you don't trust as much out on an island, maybe you go back to what these kids already picked up last year. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, man. You just want to set them up for success, but at the end of the day, when it comes to defense, you affect the quarterback. Yeah. So whether we can do that with – again, you lost Chase Young last year, so who's right. going to be the next guy up, right? You got Coop, who's a, a fifth-year or a six-year guy, right? I mean, he's a veteran there. You got, you know, um, Friday, and you got Harrison, and you got, I mean, you got this, this group, this squad of guys that can rush the passer. It's like, hey, you know what? We're still going to go affect the quarterback, and then maybe that's zone pressure. Maybe that's just playing, you know, straight up four four man, and we're going to do cover three or cover two or whatever the case may be. But then we're also going to blitz and play fire zones. Like they can do that, yeah. but that's what they're going to be working out. And the beauty is they've already still been training, so they already kind of know. And I guarantee you, because they're prepared, our coaches that is. All right, what happens if Wyatt Dave Davis goes out? Who's the next guy going to be there? All right, what happens if Sean Way goes out? Who's going to be the next guy there? And I, I 100% guarantee you, they've already been training and thinking about that. So when it did it did happen, they could execute and go lightspeed. Well, on, on, the, on, on top of that is also during the season, you don't know what's going to happen as far as these tests may come or you might lose you know one or two guys. There. So they're, they're probably already thinking, what do we do it's here real. if we do lose these guys? You know, to, to a... A, a positive test or whatever it would be. So they're probably ahead of the game in that aspect. Well, you know, we're probably ahead of the game because we don't even know if Ohio State's going to be playing football. Uh, but it does feel good to be talking go. a little bit and having a fun, casual conversation about uh, actual football. This dude is so good. We're going to take a break, let him swallow that, and then uh, we'll be right back. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Anyway, well, we're back. Uh, we are at Old Tangy River Road. Let's go. Roosters having a fun, casual conversation about Ohio State mac football. And, bites. and it's hopeful return. And, of course, mac and cheese bites because uh, Schlegel is afraid to have a full-on He's competition. Afraid. He did tell me off camera last week. I, I can't do I that. Don't I don't blame him. I don't blame him. And like the reality it. is. Uh, I think you could do it with we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to have a contest, and I don't know if it's not gonna be like a shovel it in your face type of contest, but you know maybe like a fun casual eating competition. Ooh, how, many, casual. how many of these could we it's eat? Like no one yeah, in like one episode. We need, it doesn't have to necessarily Without be having to vomit. Right, it's not me versus you. It's you and me versus the mac and cheese bites. Okay, you go. yeah, <laughs> you gotta like keep a it tag down. team. I like that. We yeah. could be on the same team. Dominating mac and cheese, and we'll just keep we'll just keep, keep track of who eats more, just just so we right, know. For, but so yeah, but know. it's but it's about the total. But we'll yeah. just know. yeah, it's yeah. about the group yeah, effort. It's like, it's like but tackles. it's also about me. It's yes. like my tackles, yes. my senior year, where I would make a tackle and AJ would jump on it, and somehow he would get the tackle, uh, and, yeah, you, and you'd get the half. I get nothing. I get nothing. I had to go back up. To AJ, snap everybody, yeah, I had to go like, back up to snaps. You were like the team leader guy. Sam Dickens is going on here. Like those were my tackles. Look at Fickle. Fickle gave me this many tackles. You gave me eight. I had 15. Where's my seven? Uh, oh, AJ had 30. Okay, uh, yeah. fine. Okay, I got to ask. Yeah. So we're talking. That's now, real. Now that really you, you want to segue here into coaches I not think, supporting you. This Do is it. what I want to know. We've seen in the last week plus 
Jim Harbaugh at a at a at a rally for for the season. We've yep. seen James Franklin go on national media and excoriate the Big Ten, rip it. We've seen Ryan Day put out a statement where he essentially said, "Hey, we're getting nothing from the league. This right. kind of sucks." Uh, we've seen Scott Frost in Nebraska over and over again um, fighting for their season. If you were playing at a program that wasn't fighting for the season. Would you and you wanted to play personally? Now I think that's right. the, that's kind of the the catch twenty two here. Maybe there those coaches that are like PJ Fleck guys around the league that haven't been really vocal. Maybe they have a lot of dudes that don't want to play, and so maybe so maybe that's why they're not speaking out. Right? Well, how do you come to that though? Like, are, are you in the locker room? You guys like you know what? Hey, guys, yeah, do you vote? Be- It'd be a great, great season if we didn't have to play Ohio State or, or, or any of the Big Ten. I think for me personally, when it comes down to if my leader is is, is kind of being a little bit soft or, or kind of scared, I would want to as a maybe a senior or junior, I would want to try to say, you know, like what's going on, coach? Can we can we have a little bit of vote in house to maybe have you be our voice because you are the guy that's representing us? As you see, a lot of players, uh, and parents, and families are involved. So I would think it'd be a, a little bit more of a discussion inside the building with parents because the fact that you signed off for your kids to go there. But it would be so hard to kind of have to come to a coach or have to kind of beg to play from not only the person who's who's coaching you seeing every day, but, you know what I mean, the Big Ten who's not giving you anything. It would just be strange as a player because – like, what, are we, what are we doing? You what have we been to doing? Pl- you want to play, right? You, That's you what you're there so. for. You almost I fight have to for think, you. Why don't you fight for me? Right. You, you almost have to think places like Minnesota or Michigan State, you know, you have to think they've had conversations and they're talking to the parents because I, I haven't seen any parents from those schools come out and say, yeah. what are we doing? You know, my kids are going to miss out on this. So you, you, you'd almost hope that there was that conversation. But still, as a 19, 20-year-old kid who probably I would want to go play, and if my coach was just dead silent – or my university was dead, dead silent. I, I would I would have a real tough time with that, and that's just going to have a bad effect down the road because we had kids a, are going to want to yeah. go to those schools where they don't care. Right. If we play we had a conversation now. last week, Austin Spencer and I, one of our rapid reactions, where I I kind of said like the majority of the teams in the league probably are like okay if they don't get their butts kicked by Ohio State this year, right? Rutgers probably is actually benefiting from not playing yeah. because Greg Schiano is building an entire program based on transfers and and hopes and dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, it doesn't hurt him to have that 11-win season and the big and bowl win a, against – Take a year off. And then and rest on that to help build a pro- – I mean, I'm not saying that they're doing yeah. that, but I'm also not saying that they're not thinking it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think if Rutgers does opt out and takes that money, there should be something to where they have to use all that money for football and facilities because their facilities, even though they redid them, absolutely are garbaggio. Just so everybody knows there. Because I've seen I've seen almost every single Big Ten. I've seen 90 colleges. So, I mean, like, I know what they are. I know what they look like. Anyways, that's another side story. But I'm with you. And Bobby, Bobby's been at an all-time elite level calling out people just like this. And I know for a fact that Mel Tuck, one, yeah, he coached us. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But Bobby actually talked to him. And so... And their president is on this return to play committee and one of the big guys who's actually a doctor. I don't know his field, but his voice carries a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And I think that because of all the things that have happened in the most recent past for Michigan State, um, they have been kind of quiet. That doesn't mean that he hasn't talked to his players Mm -hmm. or their parents. So they are in alignment. And I believe Michigan State will 100 percent play Uh, whether or not that that 
And again, that's a big time deal because they're not tied into that team up north. And again, it would be it would bode super well for them because you want to go play for them. They don't even want to play, but we want to play. They just went about handling it differently. And I think even with the parents at Ohio State and Nebraska, not that Ryan Day and, and, and Frost would not have come out that way, but when you had that much, you know, juice from the parents. Hi, you know, I call it like give a shit factor, high GSF from the players and the parents. It's almost like I have to go do that because I'm representing them and I want to have this. I want to have the same language about this topic. Right. So I agree with you. Now, I can only speak for Mel Tuck because I know the situation cannot speak for a PJ Fleck. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, if you're if your um, name escapes me, dude from Indiana. Just got to just got to Tom Allen. Tom Allen had a great season, best season they've ever had there, I believe, in a long, long time. Yeah, if right? your team's not going to be very good, if you're, but you if, just got a contract extension, and that's kind of the, some of the other things, right? So if I have a year, and I, st- excuse me, whoa, Buckeyes, that was the Italian sub, not the mac and cheese bites, <laughs> but you know, if I, if I don't, have, if I can take sixty percent of my salary and still and not play this year right. and get in more recruits and be a little bit older for the next season, I might as well do that. I just basically got a free year on my contract that they had to buy out. So again, I you don't you don't hope that that is on the mind, but when they don't speak out about it or you don't hear about it from side conversation that they're actually fighting for their players, then that that's where you go to, right? It's tough. In, in today's day and age, every coach has an easy way to get out his yeah. thought. Twitter. Right. I want. I want. I want my kids or on my team to have an opportunity to play. I, it seems strange that even though you know you talk about Coach Tuck, he's still. I don't feel well, like Tuck he's is ever, so loud. I don't too. feel like he's ever come out and said anything. Yeah. But we would love to play. I think it's, it's an interesting. It's just point, like, oh though. well, our our president's kind of told me to be quiet, and well, I'm just going to be quiet. That doesn't seem. Well, because immediately when you think of Tuck, like he would be probably the one guy in the Big Ten that you would want want not to play because you didn't have spring football and you right. had this time, and yeah. now you're basically you know going to well, come out and look like the Browns did. And he's taking over. The, yes, he's taking over terror. You know, yeah, they were awful before. You got to get some of your recruits yeah, took, in. Took and, over way late. Yes. Yeah, took over way. I mean, that whole process. Yeah, the whole they thing mishandled. Screwed up. So it was kind of like, okay, how are we going to handle this? Well, we're going to do this in house. Yeah, it's a little bit different, but I believe that he has the backing of his president. So you know, I, I, I again, I'm very when I when I talk about so i'm very honest and open i don't want to cast judgment but then you get to people on twitter that are saying oh we're gonna have a how why you know it'd be so great to have a pac-12 a big 10 rose bowl in the spring get out of here right then they're taking the pictures from you know kurt daniels study and posting them on there about this fear-mongering of myocarditis how's the strength conditioning coach we knew about sickle cell and myocarditis has been around like we understand it was just about people trying to figure out the return to play protocols because our conference didn't do a new, uh, good enough job having due diligence and talking to the NFL, the MLB, NHL, NBA, sports across the pond. Like, they never did any of that, yeah. right? So now we have other people doing that, and they're going to go blow the stuff so out of proportion, but yet be very happy and excited to be go covering games mm-hmm. of other people that are able to play. It absolutely blows my mind, the hypocrisy, and that's why I really like you guys here at Letterman Row because you guys like to put out good information, not just crap from a boat. Right, because that's what matters. Like people want to know. Yeah. Like, if you want to go get some information, boom, hit my cats up. The, 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 and that brings me to a point. Like you're talking about, you know, Jay Z. You said it. If a player, they, you want your coaches to sort of be your representative, right? Right. And what we've seen is that the league and some of the coaches that clearly don't want to play 
are using national media types as their representatives and trying to spread what, you know, as Anthony just said, fear. And it's obvious when you're playing, and we live in Ohio, right? I live in Michigan, everyone yank your jokes. Okay, fine. (laughs) But the fact is, Ohio high schools are playing football. Oh, yeah. The Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns played a game that resembled football on Sunday. Yeah, they did something. Okay, there's no reason. since The Cincinnati Bearcats are playing football this Mm -hmm. coming Saturday. It is inexcusable for people to suggest that Ohio State shouldn't play because not having Ohio State play while the rest of college football is playing. And again, we cover Ohio State. Maybe we see things through scarlet and gray glasses. But to not have Ohio State playing when Alabama's playing, it's inconceivable that people would say they they're right for playing. They're right for not playing. Like, how can that be? Well, they, they did that on uh, college game day, right? They are plotting some for playing. Notre Dame, like, thanks are, for saving football. They're plotting yeah. others for, a, not, for not playing. Well, the, the reason they're doing that is because they don't want to they don't want to ruffle any feathers and say, you know, uh, where we're, it's about the medical and it's about the safety. Well, then obviously, then you could automatically say, well, Nobody else these guys don't care. Like, yeah. they don't care about the safety of their student-athletes. And that's absolutely wrong because I know I've seen them. I coached with them. Like, these 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 coaches care about their players' well-being. But it's also, in my opinion, I've said this many times, it's almost un-American to not try. And that's what we've done at the Big Ten. I would say we haven't tried because if we did, from the time the pandemic started, they would have been working out this entire problem because playing in the spring, is COVID just going to magically disappear <laughs> in the away. spring? They're talking about, oh, we want to have a vaccine well guess what vaccines are only 50 percent. my kid had a vaccine for the flu guess what he got a and b everybody in the house got him i didn't i didn't didn't get it but but he got him yeah he wanted to get them both right so they still don't know at the end of the day it's something we're always gonna have to be dealing with but you gotta work the problem create solutions and execute and in the meantime they're impacting all these student athletes that are the brand ambassadors for their university the best that they have at each individual one and they're taking opportunities away from them this is this is Mind blowing. I mean, I feel for a guy like Kevin Kevin Warren to a certain extent. Um, when it comes down to having all this fall on you, your favorite favorite statement is, is contingency plan. The leadership, the contingency plans, those things were not in place. Um, everybody is feeling it when, when it comes down to our fans not being able to see Sean Wade. Sean Wade last play was in a in an orange against Clemson, and you know he got kicked out of the game, which ultimately changed the whole trajectory of the game. I mean, we're up 16 to zip right there. So at the end of the day, for a guy to have his legacy leave on that, uh, we got we, we, the, the guard who is a first-time captain, doesn't yeah, Wyatt really Davis. Get, Wyatt Davis gets a chance to go out there and actually be a captain, it's tough. So I feel for Kevin Warren just because, you know, th- th- there's, a, there's a newness about this that stinks. Yeah. Like nobody wants to be in a helm and, and have to, you know, take care of a COVID situation that you don't know what the ramifications is for. But like you said, it's un-American not to try. Even if you put some people out there, we've been putting football players out there for a long time. So for this instance, them not knowing and kind of just falling back, hoping somebody else catch the board burden is just is mind blowing. So that's why you can't feel bad for them though, because they just they just sat back and well, just yeah. hope something. They didn't come out and say, "Here, this is why we just put our schedule out. Here's our reasons why we are canceling this right now." They just. 
sat back and said, oh boy, they're calling us out on this. What do we do yeah. now? There was seven months of this uh, yeah, leading sure. up to it. I understand Kevin Warren's in his first year on the job, but that's all the more reason in my mind to not be the, the group that says, hey, we're, we're canceling football. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. In my mind, that's more of a reason to say, hey, let's wait and see what these other more experienced uh, commissioners do before we make this sort of mm-hmm. assumption. All you got to do is press pause and again, lean out on your own understanding. So th- this goes back to the, the failure of the presidents for hiring him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to hire somebody that only has NFL experience? There's never been an A or understand college football. That's the number one fault. Then you go look at Ohio State. We got to kind of got stuck in this weird time situation, you know, time frame because you had President Drake leaving. You had Christina Johnson coming in basically September 1. If we had a strong president that was there during this pandemic time to be able to rally the troops and plant the flag for Ohio State in the Big Ten to say, no, this is how we're going to get right. stuff done because we understand the importance of Ohio State and the footprint of the Midwest in the football regards. Like, we didn't have that because we had somebody coming in and we had the person that was leaving d- didn't want to do that anyways. He's also one of the main proponents for this guy getting hired. So at the end of the day, like we got kind of the Big Ten got kind of got stuck in this fact that there was really no leader and predominantly a, a lot of them are not Midwest people and have not been on the job that long. And now you got the Rutgers president. He's new. He's three weeks on the job, right? Same with Christina Johnson. But at least she comes out and is able. I don't, she doesn't understand Ohio State. Like she, there's no way she possibly could understand Ohio State in a couple weeks that she's been here. But what she does know is if I don't know it, I'm going to go to the people that do know it. And that would be Gene Smith. That would be the head football coach at Ohio State. That would be talking to the players. That would be talking to the med staff that's been here and doing all this gold standard protocols for testing and return to play at Ohio State say, you know what? I know what I know, and I know that looks legit. And I'm going to share that with everybody else. And I'm going to say, hey, I came out and I was for postponing, not canceling, because I wanted to gather more information so we can make the right call. That's what she did. And those were the three people that voted that voted that way. And that was Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State. What else we talk about, man? Well, too late to say sorry. I mean, when it comes down yeah, to the yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Here's the deal, though. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to apologize. Right. Nobody wants to say that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Number one thing that a leader should do is is recognize when they made yeah. a mistake. But again, presidents don't want to admit mistakes, right? Because they're the president of the university and they got a doctor. Listen, just everybody out there, nobody gets two craps. You got a doctor or a bachelor's or whatever, man. Common sense needs to win the day. Mm-hmm. And high GSF and blue-collar work ethic mentality, yeah, that'll get it done, too. So if you're wrong, Kevin Warren, say I was wrong. I should have leaned on this or I should have done that. But, hey, now we came to the table. Now we created a solution. Let's plant the flag and go. Yeah, we are, uh, with apologies to the president of, of America, maybe now on the one-yard line when it comes to the Big Ten. Hopefully that news is coming down the pike anytime soon. We should be expecting a return to play in the Big Ten for Ohio State, hopefully mid-October. Uh, we're going to keep talking about that at Letterman Row. Uh, we're going to keep talking about that on Letterman Live at Roosters at Tangy. Next week we'll get back to that. Sure. But uh, For Anthony Slagle, Doug Worthington, Justin Zwick, I'm Jeremy Birmingham filling in for the venerable Austin Ward. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll catch you next week.